many times have you celebrated your 39th birthday? When age 50 creeps up on us, we deny it, hide it, and do everything we can to ignore each birthday that comes after. But why? Let's celebrate our voices of experience. Whether you're passing 50, passing 60, or approaching another decade, we've got great discussions and guests to help you embrace every year you've got under your belt. If you're passing 50 or more, pull up a chair. We've got something just for you. Now, here's your host, Robin Boyd. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Passing 50 today. This is Robin Boyd with you. And, you know, as I am um, reaching out to so many more people, I'm realizing that more and more uh, of our generation are wanting to explore something new. Um, and I'm I, in my reading, I'm realizing that more and more workers aged 50 and older are starting new businesses. Uh, I was reading that almost, and this is a statistic from 2015, almost 26% of new entrepreneurs were in the 55 to 64 age group and up to uh, 15% back uh, as compared to, say, 15% in 1997. And that was according to Kauffman Foundation, which is a Kansas City, Missouri-based entrepreneurship in, in, uh, institute. Now, meanwhile, approximately 29 million people, that's two in five Americans aged 50 to 70, are interested in starting new businesses or nonprofit ventures. And um, that's according to Encore.org, which is a nonprofit that promotes second careers focused on improving communities and the world. Now, with those kinds of statistics, that means a lot of us who have been working for a lot of years are now in a whole new world. Things are very, very different now. I know in in, uh, earlier years, you'd put on your suit, you'd get your portfolio, you'd go knocking on doors, you'd hand out your resume, and you'd, you'd land a connection that way. Nowadays, things are so virtual. Things are, are, oh, excuse me, don't come to the office. I need to see it uh, through our online application. I need to see you through this online agent or, or whatever. Or they need to find your profile on LinkedIn. And this is why I have invited our two guests today, Lori Ruff and Joe Frankie. They've just recently uh, uh, published a book, Five Minute Drill. And this is focusing so much on this virtual networking. It is a whole new world for so many of us. Um, and I would love to introduce Joe right now. We're still trying to get Lori on the line. But Joe Frankie, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having uh, both of us, Rob, and I appreciate it. Yeah, we're getting Laurie in just a second. Now, Joe, I know you've got over 40 years of leading multifunctional teams in logistics engineering. You are uh, an officer in the military. You've helped clients build world-class management teams. This is obviously a different world now than it was, say, um, in your younger years. Is it more complex now? Is it easier now? Or it's just a whole different animal. It, it's just different. Yeah. You know, I think it's uh, more complex. It's just a different way uh, to do things. And uh, I didn't realize uh, the significance of it until uh, – we got in the search business where we helped uh, companies find key executives. And then uh, I could see uh, how 
the difference of a LinkedIn profile made when you think you're just putting it out there versus uh, when somebody is actually trying to find people uh, for companies, you know, to find the exact right person. So interesting. I think um, it has to take us a little bit more time sometimes to uh, get in the groove, I guess you could say. There's, uh, I have to say, I'm a little bit slow getting on, and here I am on uh, an internet radio program, yet there are certain things that I still feel a little... Um, a little unsure of. I'm not quite sure how to get these kinds of things started. I know Lori's joined us, Lori Ruff, the uh, LinkedIn diva. Welcome, Lori. Hi, Robin. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I and I, I haven't heard what you just said. I yeah. would say that I found you on Facebook. Isn't um, that, yeah. Sending a message, um, messaging back and forth with a, with a, um, the owner of a, a of a page that I help admin, and I sent you a message through Facebook, and that's how we connected. Um, but if you think about where you are comfortable, whether it's offline, you know, in church or at mm-hmm. the office or mm-hmm. at you know wherever you happen to be, I, I know a woman who um, sits half a day um, every other week with toddlers, so that moms in the community can take breaks. Well, all of them happen to be working moms. And she did a fantastic job of creating a LinkedIn group for working moms of toddlers to support each other virtually, just like they were supporting each other in person. And and just like you and I connected on Facebook and then sent it, hey, let's talk over email because that's easier for me. It's just the same way. It's like meeting somebody somewhere, handing them your business card and saying, let's connect. It's, it's, it is true. I mean, connecting is so important. Networking has always been important, but it's just a different avenue now. Um, and as I was saying in the beginning, before we got you, Lori, there are so many times I think in the past we would put on our suit, we'd go door to door and now things are just done virtually. Uh, per- preferably, I-, I think a lot of times people are, businesses are so inundated. Um, the, the market is just so fast paced that having things come in virtually is, is certainly a better way of tracking things. Speaking of networking, how did the two of you, uh, come to meet and, and be co-authors? <laughs> Oh, Joe, I, Joe knew about me long before I knew about Joe. And this is a fantastic <laughs> example of, yeah. of the virtual power of networking. So, Joe, I'll let you start the story because you, you did start the story. Oh, sure. Uh, I, be, I met Lori kind of virtually, and she didn't even know I existed, but I ended up trying to help uh, transitioning veterans you know, to better market themselves uh, in the civilian marketplace you know, so they could find work. And the biggest difficulty they have is they have their own experiences, which is really in a in its own lifestyle. It has its own language, but that's not the language of the civilian hiring um, vernacular. So a lot of times you had to take their resumes and translate them into something that somebody could understand. And so as LinkedIn came along, it became uh, more important that they be able to do that. And so I was searching for a way to to do that. And Lori and Mike O'Neill had uh, written a book on how to rock the world with your 
LinkedIn profile. And so I'm coaching over the years. I'd probably sold over a hundred plus books of, of Lori's that, in other words, recommended that somebody get one, you know, because it, uh, it, it showed them how to do it. And, um, I said, well, I'm finally, I'm going to call up this lady. I'm going to find her and just say, Hey, uh, uh-huh. I'm all these books and anyway, <laughs> talked to her on the phone and, uh, just had a great conversation. And then we traded, uh, stories on how to help people better, uh, based on our own experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's interesting is that if you look on Amazon at Rock the World with Your Online Presence by Michael O'Neill and Laurie Ruff, the LinkedIn rock stars, um, he's my former partner now, um, mm-hmm. and just still a fantastic, fantastic man, um, a great friend. But if you look that up on Amazon, you will see people also viewed and people also purchased and two of the books that people also viewed and purchased happen to also be books that Joe Frankie recommends. So he recommends two or three. And uh, um, and then, of course, when you look at that on Amazon, they show up together, which illustrates the power of one person to make a difference in what people are looking at, viewing, and seeing as, as a value in the marketplace. So the importance of constantly talking to people about what you believe value is for them, whether it's you and or other people, resources, things, uh, whatever. But it's, it's really pretty interesting. Well, I guess when you stop and think about it, when we do shop on Amazon, for example, the first thing you do before you buy something, you go down and you look at how many stars and how many uh, recommendations somebody had. Um, is is this product getting two stars by 80% of the people or five stars from 80% of the people? And I think those recommendations are where people base which of the multitude of similar products they're going to purchase. So I can only imagine that when you start looking at what people have written uh, about suggestions or books as to how to start, um, whether you're a younger person starting uh, an entrepreneurial experience, entrepreneurial experience, or maybe in this midlife age where we are and we're starting a new venture, um, looking at the, uh, the, the training, looking at the, um, information that's out there is important. We've got a break already coming up. But Lori, before we go to break, just quickly give me uh, an idea of where your passion came from, because I'm not sure um, if this is always something you've always wanted uh, to be uh, someone who is an influencer, or was this because of something in your life that brought you to this uh, passion? I believe it was something in my own life that brought me to the passion of wanting to help other people represent themselves authentically. Um, There's so many times I have been in the room after someone leaves and they, um, Mm -hmm. they're talked about and not well. And, and you never want it when there's a person in the room that talks like that, you are, you are Mm -hmm. always, you want to be the last person out of the room so that there's no one else left for them to talk to about you. The bad things are said, and it's like, but I know these people, and and some of that stuff might be true, but it's taken out of context, or things are blown out Mm -hmm. of proportion. And and I was bullied um, when I was a young child in in first and second grade, and and that's where that comes from, that sense of justice, of wanting to help people be 
who they are and be rewarded for it. Mm, how how wonderful. What a great way to put yourself forth and just be that mentor to so many people. We have a break. We're talking today with Lori Ruff and Joe Frankie. We're going to talk a lot more about networking, a lot more about how to get LinkedIn. So stay with us. We're on Passing 50 today, so don't go away. We've got lots more. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. A new study finds the happiest couples sleep the closest together, as in less than an inch apart. A survey of 1,000 couples found that 86% of those who kept such close perimeters reported they were satisfied with their relationship. Only 66% of couples who slept 30 inches apart or more reported being completely happy in their marriage. What's the word for getting up on the wrong side of the bed? Metutalipia. Another predictor of relationship happiness is touch. While 94% of couples who made physical contact throughout the night reported a happy relationship, just 68% of couples who kept their distance did the same. What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. A couple of minutes older, a couple of minutes wiser. We're back to a great discussion on Passing 50. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Passing 50. We are having a great conversation with Lori Ruff and Joe Frankie. They have recently co-authored uh, a new book, Five Minute Drill, and I want to direct you to the number five minute drill dot com if you'd like a little more information about the book. Now, Lori, with many people in their midlife years realizing that there are that they are ready for a new chapter in their lives, maybe they're newly single, maybe newly married, um, maybe the kids have grown and are out of college and that's finally behind us regardless of where life has placed us in this journey uh, maybe we're ready to start something new uh, maybe an entrepreneurial endeavor uh, the business plan gets drafted and maybe there are assets in place but where in all of this planning would virtual presence come in does does it start right at the very beginning or is it sort of one of those last items to add to your marketing plan? That, that is a great question, Robin. And I think that intuitively it starts at the beginning, even if people have not 
thought about it and they're halfway into their planning or they're just getting started. Mm -hmm. The the thing is, back in in the days when the Internet was, you know, becoming social media and they were trying to decide even what to call it, social networking, new media, um, social media, um, people knew intuitively that if you did nothing but talk about yourself, that people would think you had nothing else to talk about really and and that you were just being self-promotional and and so in that context think about how do i represent myself authentically online Mm -hmm. you you need to do a couple of things one you need to know who you really are and and what you want people to say about you when you I think we just had a cut. Guys, my my uh, yeah, no, my my your your um your um experienced person here forgot to put her cell phone on. <laughs> so authenticity, right? I mean, and, and that's the thing. A, a brilliantly a brilliant example of we are all humans. So you can't mm-hmm. be perfect. You can't be all things to everybody. But what is it that you truly want people to believe about you? Not what you sell, but why you sell it. Um, not what you do, but why you do it. it. There's a fantastic TED Talk by Simon Sinek on, on the why. Um, and he talks about Apple's why and, and, and the companies that are successful. Well, wherever you are along the process, mm-hmm. if you write your online profiles about the things that are truly important to you, you will attract people who want to do business with you. Mm-hmm. And if you Talk about in your personal pages, um, on your professional pages, about the successes, the triumphs, the tragedies, the struggles, about around those things that are important to you, people will see you as authentic. It's when we try to put on that face of, okay, here's who I am in business and here's who I am in, in real life. Mm-hmm. The people are like, that's that's not who they, this, this person isn't coming across as authentic and trustworthy. Because they really don't know who they are and, mm. and what they are about. And, and that's a problem that a lot of my clients have um, who are executives who, who need to put a profile up there. They have to now. Mm-hmm. But they just don't know what to say. It's not, it's not the bio that they put on the company website that goes on your LinkedIn profile. Your LinkedIn profile is where people network. It's you showing up there 24-7. Mm. And so talking about yourself in the third person is kind of weird. People are just like, okay, that's an advertisement and move on. You know, so I, I think that if possible, at the very beginning, think about why you're doing what you're doing, why it's important to you, and what mm-hmm. you truly want to accomplish, not just professionally, but in, in, a, in a personal manner. Um, and, and then convey everything, write everything from that core Mm. to to describe who you are and what you're all about. And I think that's why Joe has been very successful in, in um, coaching military veterans because Mm -hmm. he knows the military language, he knows the corporate language and he knows what they're truly good at and what they want to keep doing in civilian life. I mean, there are some things I'm going to guess, Joe, that you do in the military, you have no say over. But what are the things that you really want to bring forward? And he helps them authentically represent that in, in corporate, in the, in 
the civilian world. Mm -hmm. Joe, I was going to ask you uh, to sort of lead into what uh, Lori is saying, but when um, were you as an obviously you were an executive? Did you have um, difficulty when it came time for you to be now embracing a a LinkedIn profile and a LinkedIn uh, uh, networking? When I uh, transitioned out of the service. LinkedIn was in its uh, infancy. And so uh, consequently, I transitioned out what what I would call the old, not the old way, but the traditional way would probably be the best way to put it. And that is uh, you wrote a resume and you tried to, uh, uh, you know, you had a general resume that you summed up yourself and then you, you applied to things and you tried to network, you know, face to face. And those mm-hmm. things. And when I transitioned, um, one, it was apparent that I did not know how to communicate and uh, network in the business world in a traditional manner and, and mm-hmm. be successful. So, you know, everybody learns that, but it's painful to take a lot of time to learn that. So uh, that was really kind of a dark uh, time for me. And, because uh, mm-hmm. you just counted on, Hey, you know, I'm going to network with all my friends. They're going to help me out. Well, they can't get you a job. Right. Uh, but what they can do is, is help network you and, and that kind of thing. And so as time went on, you know, LinkedIn came into the world kind of around 2002. And when I joined it in 2004, um, my first experience with it was I thought, well, I mean, all they're going to do is steal my identity. Yeah. <laughs> because in the military, I'm just conditioned to operational security. So why would you have your name anywhere? Yeah. You know, that anybody could see it, you know, and that kind of thing. And and so it's been a, a, an iterative education over time to know that they're not mm. going to steal your, your information and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, by the way, now other people can see you that you – don't physically have to see. Yeah. Words, uh, you, you, you are leveraging the power of, of the virtual world. And, um, and now you can find people and people can find you. And I'll give you an example. A lady contacted me last week. Uh, she's at a passion of trying to help transitioning military people that are in the medical space. In other words, they, worked in a hospital, corpsman, aidman, that kind of thing. And she can help them get their medical certifications at little or no cost. And some of these outfits are charging upwards of $10,000 to get these certifications. Oh, my word. And so she's on this passion to uh, help them get their certifications. So she ended up contacting um, me, and so she sent me an invitation I sent her a note, talked to her on the phone, verified that, you know, she really was who she was. And then I gave her all the people in Houston that mm-hmm. she could plug into to, that, you know, help the military uh, veterans that are coming to Houston in that regard. So she could be a resource plug um, in that. And 10 years ago, there wouldn't been there would have been a way to, to, to do that as easy as it is today. Sure, sure. 
It is so different. Um, it's wonderful, but I have to say, I appreciate what you just said, Joe, as far as, um, that sort of intimidation of privacy that, oh my gosh, all of a sudden everything is exposed and we hear so much about identity theft and so forth. You do, you get a little uh, intimidated, but there again, how else, um, what better way to find some, some new people to, whether it be clients, whether it be new um, associates, there's, this certainly is, um, uh, a, a marvelous vehicle for us to explore and and bring us to um, to so many more opportunities. We do have um, three minutes before our break, Lori. I want to ask: when we say we're going to get onto LinkedIn, it's just a matter of signing up and creating a profile, and it is free for the most part. Is there any element of it that's paid if you get into a business, um, a business yeah. profile? Yeah, there, there are paid elements and mm-hmm. I encourage people, unless you have a business reason for needing those paid elements, don't pay for it until you've utilized all the free services that they have because it's okay. extensive. Um, and there are ways to search and, and do things that are, of course, easier with a paid with a paid account. But the paid account has increased in in cost. I will tell you too that you're grandfathered, so I started paying for LinkedIn in 2008, mm. um, and I joined. And actually, Joe, it started in May of 2004. So you were one of the first 100,000 people on LinkedIn, and wow. uh, in 2004. And, and so in 2005, there were three million when I joined in July and, and it, it took me three years to bump my head against the wall enough that I said, okay, fine, I'll pay for it. And I paid for it annually and I'm still paying that same rate. So, so do that. And, um, and, and on any course, anywhere that you can utilize free services, whether mm-hmm. you're talking to me and you utilize all the free things that I have to offer before you ever pick up the phone and call me, mm-hmm. I encourage people to do that because you want to spend money where it's meaningful because there are just so many places to spend money. And I ran a business, successful, uh, award-winning business for 12 years. And um, and part of the way I did it was, was boot- I, well, I did it all through bootstrapping. Wow. Um, and it wow. was it was, it was good. It, um, it was solid, but I just, why spend money on somebody well, else that you can spend on your kids or your parents? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> your kids and your parents. Well, thank you. <laughs> We're talking today with Lori Ruff and Joe Frankie. We're uh, going to talk lots more on the other side of the break about getting LinkedIn. How do we start? How do we begin? And I guess bottom line is what's in it for us. And we want a little more information about that. Um, we want to direct you to five minute drill.com. That's the number five minute drill.com. And we'll be back with Lori and Joe right after this. 50 will be right back after these messages. was growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. 
What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? Hogamadog. Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Did you get up and stretch during the break? Great. Now you're ready for the next part of our discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Passing 50. This is Robin Boyd with you today, and we're with Joe Frankie and Lori Ruff. They have recently uh, published a book, Five Minute Drill, all about uh, getting yourself linked in and the importance of uh, networking, uh, virtual networking, um, social media. It is an important element. It's part of our lives. This is part of the 21st century, and there's no denying it. So rather than worrying about... Um, uh, what, how we used to do things. We want to be contemporary. We want to be progressive. And Joe, I give you kudos. If you were getting onto LinkedIn in 2004, talk about it being a groundbreaker. You were right there at the, at the beginning. There was uh, no looking back for you. So <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty remarkable. One I, of the things, oh, go ahead, Joe. I, I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say, uh, I, I got it on 2004 and the, and the lady, um, that, you know, uh, called me and told me that she's going to send me an invitation and just said she thought it would be helpful because uh, she gave me tips on, you know, writing a resume. So I got on it and, uh, you know, it looked kind of strange because it doesn't look, didn't look like anything that I'd seen before. And I have to say for a number of months, six months, I probably didn't do anything with it until, you know, she further encouraged me to, uh, you know, uh, fill out the profile and, and do some things. And, and, and I really appreciate, uh, you know, her, her encouragement. Mm. One of the things we were saying uh, during the break, uh, you were saying that you do have uh, disclosure of, of your age by sort of mathematics. Um, is it important, do you think to be upfront or, or should we be concerned that, Maybe if we're in our 60s and we are out there job hunting, that uh, letting everybody know we're in our 60s might be a detriment to the job market. I think that's uh, everybody's own call on how they okay. feel comfortable. I mean, mm. 
when I say in, in my summary that I have 40 years of experience, um, that pretty much says, well, okay, if I was 18 years old when I started to get my experience, yeah. then I'm 50, 50, <laughs> 58, you know, so, um, yeah. And so I, I remember going to a networking session at a, at a job ministry in a church where somebody that had been doing that ministry for a number of years and that subject came up and his position was, and, and, and I kind of feel with, if they're going to hold you on the age, then why do you want to waste any time with people uh, that are just not going to deal with you I from know. the go? Uh, so, on. but I mean, you've got to do what you, you as an individual is comfortable with, but as far as I'm concerned, if, if you don't want to talk to a 65 year old like me, then and that's your issue, not a problem. You know, that way I have time for somebody else. Right. I guess that's not the right match. <laughs> I, I Lori, just have to jump in before, before you, you ask the next question, yeah. Robin, because yeah. I, I have stopped getting calls from people who do not want to do business with me since I authentically represented who I am and what I'm about on LinkedIn and what I offer. And, and, and so being authentic and stating clearly mm -hmm. who you are and what you're all about will save you time and money just by, just by not dealing with people, having 20 minute conversations or getting halfway through a project before you decide, oh my God, I have to get involved with this person. I hate them. I can't wait till this job is over. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Well, that's ideal then. And that, that truthfulness, that honesty is just going to bring you to the people who are going to be influential or important in your, in your next career. So, uh, I think that's wonderful advice. Lori, I think a lot of people with, say, smaller businesses might be confused as to how to separate their business persona from their personal personas. I, we oh. have our Facebook pages that may have their our grandchildren's birthday parties on it, but yet we might want to be trying to land that account with the uh, uh, a big data company, and they don't want to be on there looking at our uh, granddaughter's birthday party. Right. How? How should we separate that that element in our lives? I am so glad you asked that. Um, you know, if you have to draw a line in the sand, you know, and mm -hmm. when Mike and I first started with social media and it was becoming social media, we knew as public speakers, authors, people who are going to have a face out there that we were going to be questioned and people are going to look at us and possibly look at our, at our private life too. And so mm. I decided, you know, you don't want to, to drive off a cliff. So if you know where the road stops, you probably won't drive off the cliff. It's better to draw a line in the sand and say, this mm. is what I will share and this is what I will not talk about online or mm -hmm. on professional versus private accounts, um, rather than passing it and saying, oh, heck, I shouldn't have done that. You know, and, and so my, my line in the sand is at the cliff. I'll talk about anything to anybody because I want to change lives. I love, and because I love, I, I care, I listen, and I'm going to give somebody my all if they ask for it. But, you know, I know people who don't talk about their children online. They want to give their kids that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I know people who have a private Facebook profile, yet they have a public figure mm -hmm. page that they talk, um, mm -hmm. 
they separate out. Um, and, and on LinkedIn, you're only allowed one account. So Facebook type, you know, grandparent, grandkid pictures, even, even I'm going to say motivational things, if that's all you post, you know, people get annoyed. They want to know about business. They're there for business. And so know the platform, know what your personal line in the sand, where it is and where your cliff is. Um, So knowing those two things will help you moderate yourself and your conversations and where you have them and when and why um, Mm. better than anything else. Now, do you recommend having your in LinkedIn? Can you also build a a business page as opposed to just your personal profile? So you have your personal profile. You can create a business page. You can also create a group. Um, and, and so I recommend to some people that have a large community or have a purpose of building a large community to, to build a group. Other folks, I say, that's just a waste of your time. It's better for you to join other groups and join other conversations that are going on. And really what the five-minute drill is all about is how do you spend that five minutes in the morning networking rather than three or four nights out a week spending 90 minutes plus drive time back and forth networking Mm. and get Mm -hmm. more impact and so you know looking at your home feed and commenting and liking um, different conversations that your network has put out there um, looking at companies that you're interested in doing business with and and looking at their feed you know those their feeds will show up in your home feed and then going to a few groups three or four groups a day um, and I go by group type or topic all the marketing groups, all the branding groups, all the social media groups, um, and then and then going in those groups. And don't worry about posting. Worry about hearing what other people are saying and commenting on other posts because people will say, oh, my God, somebody commented on my post. And it may be that you're the first person that on the virtual platform has heard them. And they hmm. will have felt heard. And other people will see that you posted. And... And and you will become recognized. And that's why I say it's important to know what you want to talk about because you don't want to go off topic unless you see something that really is like, wow, that's cool. Uh, but pretty much stay on topic. Comment on the posts that are about the things that you are about and and make comments that aren't just great posts, but that include something meaningful about what that person posted so that you're seen as a thought leader and that's the fastest way to do it. Hmm. Is there um, elements of blogging involved in LinkedIn? Do you have articles that you share and elsewhere that you would write elsewhere and pull it into LinkedIn so people can find that information more? I don't. Uh, either one of you, I'm not sure who would um, have Lori, have that answer in, in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So you, I had a blog um, at one time. I don't currently. And when LinkedIn came out with articles, I was, I've been writing articles. I, I did until I accepted the job with Alpha, which has okay. been way overwhelming. Um, but I, I wrote articles and I took old blog posts and posted them on LinkedIn articles with a originally published at, which sent more traffic to our blog um, for integrated alliances. And, and I'll say, that Mike is still at integratedalliances.com. So, 
so the blog is still there and, and people what people mm-hmm. want to know currently about LinkedIn and about using it for sales can look up Mike O'Neill at Integrated Alliances and he will give you authentic, honest, good advice, particularly from a sales standpoint. Um, but if you start, you either need to be consistent, whether it's once a week, once a month, once a quarter, once a year, you know, or or say something meaningful. You know, use mm. that article to, to talk about one thing that's important to you. Interesting. Joe, how much, uh, we've got two minutes before our break. How much time do you spend on LinkedIn in a day? I spend a, a significant amount of time on LinkedIn because it's just the nature of the uh, search HR uh, business. I mm-hmm. mean, is were uh, sure. fine, transparent uh, people. For example, Robin, if you sent me a, a resume, right, mm-hmm. I have no way to know, you know, whether you did that or not. But if you have a really well-articulated LinkedIn profile, hey, your your husband's seeing it, your your uh, your daughter's seeing it, and everything else. So, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, you, you don't want to get, you know, you'll, you'll be properly dressed there. You won't be uh, out on the fringes. And then secondly, um, you know, a person that has a LinkedIn profile, you know, my, uh, the assumption of, uh, of people on LinkedIn is that you're kind of keeping it up. Whereas, uh, you know, if we went to a resume that you, uh, submitted to some, firm years ago and we put it in uh, a big uh, database you know it, it it it's like bread you know it's it's fresh for a couple of weeks but every passing day it gets a little staler That's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, on the other side of the break we're going to talk about a few more tips i i think um let's um learn how to maximize our, our opportunities through linkedin and and uh just exactly um how we can make this to our best advantage. We're here today with Lori Ruff and Joe Frankie. Um, we'll be back after the break right here on Passing 50. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. It's marching Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. 
Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Want more information or hear other shows from Passing 50? Check out our info page on beckmultimedia.com or our website, passing50.com. Now, let's get back to our discussion on Passing 50. We're so glad you're with us today. We're having a great conversation with Lori Ruff and Joe Frankie. Uh, learning about LinkedIn, those of us who uh, may be of an age that um, this uh, internet uh, networking is a little intimidating. Some of us, like Joe, who are just so progressive, are going to just get right in and uh, get their feet right into the into the mess, I guess you could say. But, you know, um, as much as I uh, feel like I try and keep up, there are times that I just feel the minute I get my head wrapped around something, the minute something becomes a part of my wheelhouse, it's it's gone on to something else. It's changed. There's a new a new uh, dashboard. There's a new front part of it. There's some other things to link. Where's my button that I always go to? It, you know, I just have to say, I am showing my age. I feel it. There are days that I just say, Facebook, stop changing, or <laughs> even my email might change. Sometimes I'm saying, wait a minute, I don't want the blue one. I want the green one. You know, it, it's little things that just kind of throw us, and it is hard because things are at a very fast pace. This uh, uh, virtual world is is extremely fast. I don't think. Um, 30 years ago, we ever thought anything would develop like this. Lori, when we're um, setting up our page and you say that we should just get involved in some communities and so forth, um, should we uh, be researching groups or in individuals or should we just sort of stay in the communities that we feel akin to? You gave the example of some some housewives that were home uh, looking for child care. We, we don't need to get into a whole lot of, um, say, education groups if all we're interested in is um, finding similar local uh, uh, groups. Is that yeah. true? Well, at the time, I think they called it Tips for Toddlers um, was the was the group that they created. I don't know if they've if they've mm. kept that or not. Um, mm. I'm going to go look it up now. But um, but what they what they wanted to do so they were professional women who who their, their kids were all in daycare, but they wanted time with their children. So three of them um, would would stay with the kids Tuesday afternoons you know, every other week. So, you know, I, I do the odd and even odd uh, weeks of the month. You do the even weeks of the month. Mm-hmm. And, and they did that so they could spend time with their kids and learn from each other, you know, things that are working, things that aren't, and, um, and how sure. they're facing different things that come up. And, and so that was an appropriate group for LinkedIn because they were professional women who cared about their toddlers, who wanted to be better moms while they were pursuing aggressively, um, aggressively pursuing their careers. 
And it's cool that I knew them back then because now they are pretty much all executives and in um, in positions where, you know, if I have a, a need for somebody, I can pick up the phone and call and say, you know, uh, I've got a I've got a lady here who's a who's a mom who's trying to would you mentor her, you know, and that's kind of what they created that group for was uh, peer mentorship. So you have to think about what are you trying to do if, if you're trying to transition your life, then look mm-hmm. for groups that are going to help you do that, and look for groups that are um, that are active and on target. There are so many groups that it's just junk. You know, there are all kinds of people posting anything that just doesn't have anything to do with the group. And um, <clears throat> on the groups that I that I um, am, am the admin for, the owner of, I tightly moderate it, um, but a lot don't. So go into the group, mm-hmm. see is, is there meaningful conversation, even if it's infrequent, um, and are people here who can help me be who I want to be? Um, and then once you find those groups, um, whether it's about where people you want to sell to or people you want to learn from, whatever the case may be, um, visit those groups at least once a week. Don't, don't use Hootsuite and Buffer to post in the group and never show up. Mm-hmm. You've got to mm-hmm. go into the group. And that's why the five-minute drill, you literally in five minutes a day can can do that. And I've got my five-minute drill in the morning, but yes, I'm in LinkedIn a lot during the day. Um, but that five-minute drill is my networking time. And that's critical mm. for success. So if we devote at least five minutes in the morning or whenever is, is our chosen time, this is going to give us uh, the information that we need to probably, um, maybe it might mean finding... Um, a place where we can buy mats for the daycare center, or maybe it's a, it's where I can find books that will help me learn um, how to do something in order to fulfill the occupation that I'm looking to go into. There's a lot of different ways that we can use LinkedIn to our advantage. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's so, exciting. And what I love is, the people that have mentored me, I mean, the reason you asked about how Joe and I met, I let him say the first part of the mm. conversation. When I talked to him the first time we were on the phone, I felt such an affinity. Our hearts resonated. And, and I'm a person who who is very emotional. And I used to try to work in spite of my emotions and set them aside until I had a motorcycle mm. wreck and a head injury. And the the neurologist said, that's a strength. Use it. Learn how to, so I worked through my emotions and, and truly our hearts resonated and the care of the people we wanted to help, who we could help, also being able to impact the, where we were sending them. So Joe is, is not just helping military veterans transition, he's finding people for corporate America for executive positions that traditional HR wouldn't even know where to look for, for these diamonds, for these gems. And so whether they're in military or whether they're in, in other places that he spends his time, he's really brilliant at um, when all of the methods fail, especially at being able to find an executive for placement to help build your team meaningfully, to um, provide an interim uh, person or someone who works part-time for your company. 
And I loved that about him. Um, and I thought it was a fantastic match to really talk about who you are on LinkedIn and how to spend that five minutes so that that five minutes truly does equal a, an evening of networking, 90 minutes, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back, you know, and, and it's, it's just exponential and it's, and it's impact. This is remarkable when you stop and think, uh, and I said over the break, I'm in New Hampshire uh, when I am on our sister show, Military Mom. I'm with Sandra, who is uh, in California. Our station, Toganet, is in um, uh, Texas. Joe, where are you at the moment? Where are you calling from? I'm in Houston, and that's where we operate out of. And, And Lori, how about you? I am in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is a three and a half hour train ride outside of DC. So, my, see, uh, isn't this remarkable? Yeah, we're my, everywhere. My, <laughs> my profiles say Washington DC because that's the closest landmark that people sure, know. Sure, sure. And it now we do. We've. Um, well, true, true. It, it, definitely, it's a wonderful way. I love uh, the fact that we we can be uh, connected in such a, a global way. Before I ask, I've got a question for Joe. I want to mention, Lori, you said that if people go to 5minutedrill.com, and that's the number 5minutedrill.com, and use Passing 50 as a uh, promo code, there are things that uh, are downloadable, are information that people can read more. Sure, our book is available in its current state. Like as I said, we're we're getting ready to uh, we're, we're in layout now for the for the printed mm-hmm. copy. But the, the what's called the galley copy, the one that you send to people to review, is there. Sure. Um, and so they can get that for free. Also, I have other products that are there. Um, ideas worth stealing, um, a different guide sheets on how to use LinkedIn uh, that were written, you know without the current interface in mind, but anything that they want to obtain from from my um, dashboard on, on, on Gumroad, they can use Passing 50 and download that for free. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, I'm sure we have a lot of people who are going to be very, very excited with that. Joe, before the end of the show, we've only got a few more minutes. Of, linked, uh, of all of the social media outlets, do you use Twitter? Do you use Facebook? Or do you really find that LinkedIn has um, has what you need as far as um, finding and networking and all of all of your your that's, uh, that's a great question, Robin. So uh, I would answer that that coming out of the military, you know, graduating from West Point, I'm fairly conservative. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you spent over 30 years in the military. You're kind of conservative sure. in your, the way you approach it. Yeah. So, LinkedIn, <laughs> so LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time. I do have a Facebook page, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I know how to operate uh, LinkedIn, you know, and I can use it like a scalpel. Okay. And so when you first start with LinkedIn, kind of using it like a sword, and then you learn to use it like a saber, and then you can use it like a scalpel. And so with Facebook, I'm kind of like there with the sword, so I'm scared. I don't know whether that <laughs> goes to everybody or, or just one person. So my wife runs the social side of that. 
better than I do. And but I kind of grew up with LinkedIn. So from 2004 on, uh, I was kind of there as it as it as it developed. And so for your listeners, those of you that say, well, well okay, I'm not sure about this. Um, when I'm coaching people, I refer them back to Lori's book, Rock the World, you know, uh, with your LinkedIn profile. And it is LinkedIn 101, page by page with tips and highlights. And that's where I tell them to start. And you, it'll work you up from 101 to 201 to 301 just in that book. I feel as though I have such a better understanding. And as I say, I, I am still learning so many things too. Here we are, um, embraced in a wonderful conversation. We are on the internet. We are, uh, in so many different quadrants of our country. Yet there's so much more to learn and it, it, it's exciting. And I thank both of you, Joe Frankie and Lori Ruff for helping us get through the, the uh, uncertainties, the, the, the intimidation. There's uh, a lot to be had out there. And if we don't take it, we're going to miss it. So thank you both. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Robin. It's been a pleasure. And Absolutely. we directly. We direct everyone to 5minutedrill.com. You'll find more information there. And for any of those downloadables, please use Passing 50 as your promo code. We hope you'll join us again real soon. We'll be here on Passing 50. We're glad you spent this time with us today. Relax. Passing 50 isn't so bad. And every year after can be great, too. You're in good company. Passing 50 is a production of Beck Multimedia. Join us again for another great discussion right here on Passing 50.